Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. Psalm chapter 50 and verse 15, And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. And I thought, well, it's 9-11. And he said, oh, preacher, are you preaching on 9-11 of being attacked and the, new, the, the World Trade Center being attacked? And I know that that's on everyone's mind. But God began to deal with my heart about another 9-1-1. And it's a 9-1-1 that in times of emergency, there was a national number that was put forth. In other countries, it's 999. And I think there's a, even another number that in different countries. But in our country... We know it as 9-1-1. And if you have a problem, it's an emergency. That means something that comes up. Because what happens when you dial that number? They'll say 9-1-1. And if your fries are cold, don't call 9-1-1. They say, what's your emergency? You know, that's true. I watched this video of this guy. He called 9-1-1 because his fries were cold. It's a true story. I watched the video and the cops came there. And they said to the guy, hey, let me just get your name for the complaint. And, uh, well, it turns out the guy ran from the cops because he was wanted for murder. And they actually arrested him. I wonder if they give hot fries in prison. I don't know. But what's your emergency? Well, that wasn't an emergency. Well, he found one when the cops came, okay? But there was a man that woke one evening. He was, he was you know, heard the bangs going around his house. And, and so he, he woke up and he looked out his back window And he saw that there were several prowlers, right? There were several thieves breaking into his shed. So immediately, what did he do? 911, what's your emergency? There are burglars breaking into my shed out back. And the 911 operator said, well, sir, are they in your house? And he said, no, they're not in my house, but I have my lawn equipment there. I've got valuables in there, tools in there, and they're breaking in. So no, no cops came. So in about a couple of minutes, the man called back. He said, hey, I'm the guy that just called about the prowlers in my storage shed. Is there anybody coming? He said, no, sir. Well, I, we apologize. It's one of those weekends, sir. We don't have any, any, any resources available. So the man slams the phone down. Five minutes later, he calls back again. Are there any, is there anybody on the way to my house? And they said, nope. So Slam the phone down, calls back. A few minutes later, 911, this, what's your emergency? He said, hey, I'm the guy that called like three times. Don't worry about those prowlers. Don't send anybody. And they said, okay, sir, why not? He said, I just shot them all. I mean, they're dead. You can come collect them if you want at your leisure, right? About two minutes later, there were 15 cop cars, three ambulances, five fire department trucks, and three big long vans to carry corpses, right? And the prowlers were very much alive and they caught them red-handed. They were surprised, right? So one of the policemen said, came up to me and said, hey, I thought you said that you shot all these guys. And the homeowner said, hey, I thought you said that there were no police available. And 911, We call because there is an emergency. There's a crime in progress. Or there's a medical emergency. Or there's a fire. There's an unforeseen occurrence 
requiring immediate attention. Well, we find from the Psalms that there are directions that we get. I thank God that God gives us directions. You know, someone said that the Bible, you can use it as a, as a memory device. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. You say, well, preacher, why do all these old people always read their Bible? And someone said, they're cramming for their final exam. Okay, But you know what? Really, I don't believe that you should just read the Bible as an old person. I don't believe that the Bible for, is for old people. The Bible said, serve your, thy creator in the days of thy youth, when that evil day cometh not. I'm thankful that when I became a Christian, I became a Christian young. And you know that I know that God can deliver you from sin, but I'm also thankful that there's the same God that can keep you from getting all messed up in that sin. You know, I have a little girl at my house. We call her a lot of things, but she's my daughter. A lot of pet names. But I pray that she never gets wrapped up in that stuff. I pray that she gets saved at a young age before she has to get brought out of the miry clay of sin. And if so be, as long as she learns to call on Jesus. The Bible said that the psalmist was uh, told by the Lord, call upon me. In the day of trouble, when there's a crime in progress, when things are going on in your life, call on God. And I'm thankful if you've had a, a cell phone that's out of service because... You accidentally forgot to pay for three months, you know, no, anyway, so, but you know, it's like, I'm just a few days late. 37 days is not a few days, okay? But you know that I'm thankful. You can take an old cell phone and you can dial 911 without any service. It's a free call, whether or not you have paid, whether or not you have good credit. I'm thankful that it's the same thing with calling on Jesus. It doesn't matter what your credit is. It doesn't matter if you've been faithfully attending church or faithfully giving in the, on the offering or faithfully paying your tithe. There is a God that will hear your prayer. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, for whosoever, and I'm thankful. What is, what, is, what is whosoever? It means anybody. I'm thankful we serve a God. Someone said, I serve a God. He said, I'm just a nobody telling everybody about a God that can save anybody. He said, it's just a whosoever gospel. You know that I'm thankful that if you come to church and look around and you just look around, then who do you see? You see whoever. You see, uh, you know, young and old and all different shades of the rainbow, if you please, and different accents. But you know what? When I get to heaven, I'm just going to rub shoulders with anybody and everybody because of those are the whosoever's that decided to call on Jesus and get the deliverance that they needed in their life. The Bible says that how shall they then call on him? And it's a question. The Bible gives us a question. How are people going to know to call on Jesus? You know that I don't remember who told me about 911, but you learned about it, right? Growing up in, in the United States on how to get in touch with police, fire, and rescue. And it's the same thing. The Bible says, how are they going to call 911 in whom they have not believed? He said, why would you call on Jesus? There was a preacher that was in a, in, in a rougher part of town. And, uh, and he said, preacher, but we're well past that. No, not everybody knows about Jesus. Not everybody knows. And so uh, this, this young fella in, in, the, in the rough part of town asked this preacher, he said, what are you doing here? He said, I'm telling people about Jesus. 
And the little fella's eyes caught wide and he said, ooh, you just cursed? Because you see, the only way that he knew Jesus was not as a deliverer, not as a savior. It was just a curse word that came out of people's mouths when they got angry. But how shall they call upon him if they just heard that Jesus was a curse word? Man, I'm thankful, but I, gave, I found out that Jesus was much more than a curse word. He was the Messiah of Israel, but he was also the savior of the world. That when he died on the cross, the blood that he shed was not for his sins, but it was for our sins that were placed upon him. And uh, you know that we were talking, brother and I, about how Jesus Christ, that he hung on that cross, and he hung on there for hours, actually, around six hours, the Bible says, that they beat him, and brother had said, man, they beat him all night before that. The Romans beat him all night, and they tore out his beard, and they put a crown of thorns on his head, and brother said, it must have been the Holy Ghost, in so many words, to keep him alive through the beating before he got to the cross. And I said, it was. I said, but let me tell you something else. If he was on that cross and our sins weren't placed upon him, he'd still be alive today. <laughs> he'd still be in agony, so a preacher, but there'd be not a drop of blood in there. But you know what? He couldn't die because he had no sin. He was immortal. There's no way that you could have killed him. Say, so a preacher, well, I don't believe that, but it's true. He's God. You couldn't kill him. And he had no sin that caused, the Bible said, the wages of sin is death. Jesus had no sin. He was born of a virgin, and so he got some of the attributes of mom, but that seed or that sperma was from heaven. So that Jesus would have just hung on that cross in agony, but when our sins were placed upon him, he said, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Eloi, Eloi, labachthani, uh, uh, I, I know I'm saying the Arama Aramaic wrong, but... But you know that when Jesus got his, our sins placed upon him, then he, then he died. Then he went to hell. But you see, there's people that don't know that. There's people that have never heard. Wait a second, God died for you. And the Bible said that Paul begins to say, how uh, shall they hear without a preacher? Who's going to tell them? And then they said, how shall they preach unless they be sent? And he's going backwards. You know, preachers need to be called. Preachers need to respond. Preachers need to go to Bible school. And you know that if, if one preacher says, nah, I'm not going to do it. Say, well, preacher, God will always have someone. I know, but it takes time to train a preacher. It takes time to call a preacher. If Daniel decided, I'm not going to stand up for God. Well, God could have someone else, but it takes time to raise them up. And so Paul is saying, you know what? It's important for people to know that God is real so they can call on him. And then the Bible said famously, then faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. You know that I'm thankful someone told me about Jesus. That I heard with my own two ears that God died for me. That I heard with my own two ears that his blood could forgive my sin. That I heard with my own two ears. I never heard this before. That I could be delivered from sin. What do you mean sin shall no longer have dominion over you? I never heard that. You know what I heard? Everybody sins every day. You know, have you ever heard that? Well, everybody sins every day. Now, I'm not saying that I haven't sinned since I've gotten saved. I'm not saying that. But, you know, if you sin every day, you are a sinner. Say, but preacher, like, everybody lies. If you lie, you know what you are? A liar. I remember when I was working at this place, and uh, you know how they say, tell them I'm not here. You know what that is? Oh, no, 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 preacher, that's a white lie. That's okay. 
No, I never read in my Bible where there was a color coding for lies. <laughs> Ooh, a black lie is bad, but a white lie is acceptable. You can do three a day, right? Absolutely not biblical. No, a lie is a lie, right? And so this lady, she said, and I was just standing there. I'm not the boss. I'm just the worker bee, right? And so the secretary answers the phone and they ask for this other lady in an adjacent office. And the lady said, you know, tell them I'm not here. And I just stood there, you know, and they knew I was a preacher. And I just stood there like, I didn't say anything. But, you know, when you stand there, you're like that authority. You're like God's authority. You know what? The first level of a police, uh, police uh, person, a policeman, a policewoman is the first level of force is just your presence. Yes. Just being there. Oh, it's not true. When you're driving and you see a cop car, what do you do? Look at your speedometer, right? They don't have to have their lights on. Just, I just checking. I just checking. Why? That's what I do. Just because they're there. They might be from a different county. They might be, you know, from Jacksonville and you're in Clay County. Let me just check my speed, right? Because that authority, the presence is there. And I just remember just looking. I didn't say anything, but I knew you see Christians, there's a secret. You know, if you're around, God's with you. God goes with you everywhere you go. And so you have to be cognizant of that. So I just stood there. And the lady got antsy at the desk that had said that she wasn't there because it was a lie. And you know what she did? She said, well, I, let me just go to the bathroom. She was trying to make it true. <laughs> really? After she had lied, she said, well, I'm not at the desk now. <laughs> but I'm thankful that, that uh, and, uh, you know, we all deal with different things, but I'm thankful that, you know, lying is a spiritual problem. And I, my daughter just recently told, told me this. She said, well, you know, if you lie, it just makes it easier. It's like the easier option. She's right, initially. <laughs> a lying is an initially easier thing. It's like, honey, do you like the way that my dress looks? Or does it make me look fat? No, honey, no. So that's, so that's easy to get out, right? And you just say, but that's not the truth. <laughs> and someone said, Preacher, it's not the dress that makes someone look fat, okay? It's not the jeans that make the guy look fat. It's that they're fat, right? But you know that I'm thankful. Preacher, do you tell them they're fat if you want to die? No, you don't do that. You just say, honey, I just want to tell you that I love you more than anything. <laughs> and there's no way out of it. You're going to get in trouble, okay? But you, you see, when you lie, it's really a faith problem, isn't it? Because you don't trust that God can work the situation out if you tell the truth. And that's why it's important to realize that, that lying is a deeper problem than that. And you know that I'm thankful that when God, he's the truth. He's the way and he's the life, but he's the truth. And God will give us wisdom on how to say things and be truthful. And you know what? Sometimes if people don't want to answer to the question, well, don't ask the preacher. <laughs> don't ask. And uh, because you see, when you call on Jesus, the thing, the Bible says that he will deliver us. See, when you call on God, he's not going to neglect you. When you call 911, they're not going to say, we don't have any cars. They're going to send someone your way. In fact, there's a, a picture of a fireman. I, we, probably a lot of us have seen it in New York. And, and all the people were fleeing down those buildings in the stairwell, right? And there was a fireman, and he was headed up the stairs. And I don't know if that fireman lived, but he was headed right into the fire. Why? Because there was a need for a rescue. He was coming even at the expense of his own lives. And many police 
firefighter, rescue personnel, they died on 9-11, not for their own sake, but to help somebody else. And Jesus didn't die on the cross for his sake, but for our sake, that we might be delivered from sin. So the second thing, he said, call upon me and I'll deliver you. Like this person, they, they, uh, someone answered their phone and the person said, is this 444-4444? And the person says, why, yes, it is. Can I help you? He said, um, yes. Could you call 911 for me? I super glued my finger to the phone to the digit number four. (laughs) But when you call on God, the Bible said he's Jehovah Jireh. But it says he's my provider. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's the Lord, my banner. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's the Lord, my peace. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord that heals. And the Bible encourages us as Christians that we have to trust. You know, we wouldn't call on him if he wouldn't deliver us. He wouldn't call on him. And I like, there was a story about these two little boys, right? It's coming up on Christmas, right? And, uh, and the little boys were staying with their grandparents. And the grandparents said, go say your prayers. And so the little boy said, okay. So they're two brothers, right? And the, the younger of the brothers, he prayed at the top of his lungs. Lord! Lord, I want a brand new Nintendo. Lord, I want some brand new Nikes. Lord, at the top of his lungs and just rattled out his Christmas list. And the other brother looked at him and said, what are you shouting for? God's not deaf. And the the brother said, I know, but grandma and grandpa are. (laughs) Well, you see, he wouldn't have prayed. Unless he thought he was going to get something from his prayer. When we pray in faith, when we come to God in faith, the Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. And I like this. Find grace to help in time of need. When we call the cops and the crime is in progress, we know that God will come and meet the need. When there's a fire, maybe there's a fire in our mind. We can lift up that shield of faith and he's able to quench all the fiery darts, all of those, those, those fiery arrows. You ever had one of those in your head? You're having a, a great day and then all of a sudden just some crazy thought comes in your head like, where did that come from? You know what they call an old girlfriend or an old boyfriend? An old flame. It's like, preacher, I'm not going to say that. You know why? Because it begins to get you excited. It's like, oh, that's my old flame. They get, they get me excited and Facebook and all these things have brought it to make it so much easier to connect with their old flames. It's like, oh, I just want to see what they look like. Hey, just because they look like that on Facebook doesn't mean that that's what they look like. Oh, we were at, was it Kinko's? Pre-Facebook, when people still had those glamour shots, right? And you know, if you're kind of bigger and you have extra skin, you can turn your head to the side for the glamour shot. And it's the truth, right? So I remember seeing this lady, and I'm not picking, okay? But look, I don't look like anything, right? I look like a grandpa. But anyway, so, so there was a lady. She was like photocopying something at Kinko's back like in 2000. That's when I had hair. And I... I caught a glimpse of her photo. This is pre-Facebook and pre-all the phones and everything. Pre-9-11. This is back in 2000. And I remember I just caught a glimpse of her glamour photo. And I I looked at the photo. 
And I looked at her and I was just like, there's no way that that's the same person. <laughs> there's no way. But you know, whether you have that old flame, she's probably someone's old flame, right? But God is able to quench all the fiery darts. But you know what? We have to do something. We have to take the shield of faith. We have to lift up the shield of faith. We have to say, God, I need deliverance from this thought pattern. I need deliverance from the things that I'm thinking. You see, a a bird can make a nest or fly over your head, rather. But you don't have to let that bird make a nest in your head. There's something about that. God, I don't want to think about this. God, put the fire out in my thinking pattern. You know that I'm thankful. You know, birds, we, we saw some birds flying today. And one of the birds let something go. And I was like, ooh. And uh, I remember it, it brought me back, right, to going and inviting people to church. You remember that? <laughs> did, you, did I share that before? So we were out in, like, a rural area, right, in Washington State. And we had just gotten out of our little Subaru, right? Subaru Loyale. So we get out of the car, and we're getting ready to walk up to their door, okay? I, and I looked... <laughs> I looked at my car window and it was what boom, 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 and this bird went across. It was like a machine gun all across my car window. And then I felt something on my head. And I'm like, really? Right before you, I think it also got me on the shirt. I mean, that bird must have eaten a whole pie or something like that. And I'm like, goodness, that's never happened to you? You know, when a thought comes into your head, that's exactly what it's like. But what you do, I didn't walk maybe more than a few steps before I told my wife, you know, help! <laughs> you know? <laughs> so she took her jacket off and I, no, we didn't. <laughs> we found something, okay? We found something to clean it off. But you know that I'm thankful that, you know, that although crazy stuff happens, I have to stay that way. That God can deliver me. You know, that I'm thankful that, you know, sometimes, you know, when you pray, some, one of two things will happen, okay? One thing that happens is God will absolutely miraculously deliver you. Yes. You know what? The other thing, when you pray, something's going to happen. And you can have faith in God that God's going to do this. Something's going to happen when you pray. The first thing is God will miraculously change the situation, okay? The second thing is God will miraculously change you. That you can, you know, that we just have an, a, an opportunity to just change our attitude if we feel like it. So, you know what? I'm sick and tired. Have you ever said that? Of being sick and tired? I'm sick and tired of just like waking up and saying, oh, it's another, you know, where they say same stuff, different day. I'm, not, I'm tired of thinking that way. That's not a new beginning. That's an old beginning. But I'm thankful that when we pray, you know, sometimes God calms the storm and, I, and sometimes he calms his child. Sometimes he just lets you ride the storm out and uh, you can look at Jesus asleep in the hinder part of the ship. So Jesus can sleep through this storm. So can I. If Jesus can have peace, so can I. And maybe sometimes God is allowing us to have peace in the storm. You ever been through a storm and you freak out and after you freak out and you lose your voice, you're like, well, that didn't help any. (laughs) Maybe I could pray and maybe I could just get some peace in the situation. Maybe I can get some peace in my storm. You know that God will give us a deliverance because he's a deliverer. He's a deliverer. And my wife comes to the piano. There's one more thing. It said, and thou shalt glorify me. You know, I've been through some things. I'm going through some things right now. Aren't we all? So preacher, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to call 911. I'm going to call Jesus. And I'm going to keep calling Jesus. And God's going to deliver me. 
You know, he said, give us this day our daily bread. Why? Because tomorrow we're going to have different needs, right? You can only eat. You ever smell the bread? My wife, we've eaten some bread, and sometimes the bread is brown, and then sometimes it takes a different color, right? Green, okay? Preacher, I've never had green bread. Leave it there for a few days. It'll go green, right in the corners, right? What do you do with that? We deposit that usually in the trash can. Unless we're really hungry, then we cut the piece off that's green and just eat it anyway. Toast it, you won't taste it, right? Just being real, no, we don't eat the green part, we just cut that off. But peanut butter and jelly's gotta have somewhere to land, okay? So, I'm just being real. But you know what you need is fresh bread. You don't need that old stale bread. Say, well, God, I have a need, but what am I gonna do? God, pay my bills this month, but what am I gonna do next month? You know what? We gotta call on God for tomorrow. He'll deliver you tomorrow. And here's the deal, you call on him the next day, he'll deliver you there too. And you call on him and say, well, preacher, what am I going to go through? I don't know, but bills get bigger and things get harder when we get older. But I need a bigger and greater and more awesome God. And he's just that. And when he delivers you, you'll learn, you know what? God delivered me. And you know, if you're a Christian today, God's already delivered you. And you know, what am I expected to do, preacher? Glorify him. You know, when Paul was in the prison and Silas was in the prison, it wasn't their fault. They didn't deserve it, but they got unfairly put in prison. You know what they did? They prayed. They sang praises unto God. And they said the prisoners heard them. They were all beaten. They were all uh, in chains. But here were these people. They were in the prison, but the prison wasn't in them. They were free. They were delivered. And they were as much as they could move their hands, right? But they were glorifying God. And they were singing praises unto God. And the Bible said, the prisoners heard them. And then God, he delivered them in both ways. He sent an earthquake so that all the foundations of the prison were shaken. And all of the bonds, all of the restraints, they fell off of every prisoner. And it said in all the doors, Walmart didn't invent the automatic door. God has it, okay? God did. And it was because, see, God had his eye, not just on Paul, but God had his eye on that prison keeper who was about to commit suicide. And Paul said, hey, don't do that. Do yourself no harm. We're here. We're all here. Check around. And he brought a light in and he shone around. All these prisoners were sitting in their cells. The doors were open. And the prison keeper just fell down. He said, what must I do to be saved? How can I get delivered? He didn't have deliverance in his heart. And you know, Paul said, hey, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved in thy house. You see, Paul glorified God and then God being lifted up changed someone's heart. You know that when you're going through something, maybe it's so that Jesus can be lifted up and God can reach out through you. Change someone's heart. I'm going to close with this, but... My wife and I, uh, we, we have one car. Well, we had one car at the time. Sometimes we have more than that. You know, Americans, we go up and down in cars, right? We had one car, and I needed the car for something. But there was a problem. I was at work. I was at JU, and I was stocking tile in the dorms with no elevators. So I'd take one box, and I'd, like, go up the three flights of stairs and put it there, and then go down the three flights of stairs. And... And I did the math and I said, we're not gonna get to where we need to go. We wanted to be a blessing to someone. We had one car though. And 
So I'm thinking about it. I don't even know if I prayed about it. And out of nowhere comes this guy with the forklift and he just grabs the pallet and he lifts it up to the third floor so I can just take the stuff off. And, and uh, I remember what he said to me. He wasn't like a nice guy. You'd think you're in the South, right? He looked at me and he kind of pointed. He said, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for Jesus. And I was like, wow, little did you know, you're answering my prayer. I didn't say it. You didn't want to get, he's doing all the right things, right? But he was glorifying God. You know, if we glorify God, we don't really care who gets the credit. But you know what? It's going to help somebody. And he helped me. And I don't know if we got to where we we're going to go or, or if the other person just worked it on out. But I do remember this, that God delivers. God, God delivers. And you know that God delivers in my life. But you know what? That same God, when we call upon him, brethren, friend, if you call upon him, he'll deliver you. And the Bible says that we have, we have a job, and that's to glorify Him. And that's to glorify Him in our life, glorify Him in our thoughts, glorify Him in our words. And if you're like that guy at the college, you can say, I'm not doing this for you. I'm, I know that's kind of gruff, but you know what? He told me, I'm glorifying God. I'm glorifying God with my life. And I'm so thankful that there's other people out there that want to glorify God and show the world that Jesus still delivers. Let's, with heads bowed and eyes closed, today you're going through something. You don't have to go through it anymore. So preacher, but you said God might not deliver me. No, I said he'll deliver you one way or the other. He'll deliver your situation or he'll deliver you from the bondage, from the mental bondage that the situation produces because he is a deliverer. The word Jesus means salvation. It's a, it's a Hebrew word, Yehoshua, that God brings salvation. Jesus is deliverance. Salvation is taking someone or deliverance from one place to the other place. From hell to heaven. From sin to salvation. From darkness to life. From death to resurrection. And that's why we glorify God in the resurrection. Would you call him today? Let's find a place to pray. Would you call him today? The call's free. The call's free. You've got an emergency. The call's free. And all you have to do is dial J-E-S-U-S. Dial Jesus. There is no other name to call. There's one number. And all the services are provided by one number. There are operators standing by. And there's one. You're not going to get the second rate response. You're going to get Jesus himself. You're not just going to get an angel. He said, I will deliver thee. I won't send a lesser. I will deliver thee. My power, my blood, my resurrection, my crucifixion will deliver you. And brethren, you don't have to go back. You can stay free and you can glorify God that he that makes me free, I'll be free indeed. Lord, speak to our hearts today that we can call 911 right now. Right now, Jesus, speak to those hearts that are going through something, that they can boldly come to that throne of grace and obtain mercy.